0: Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, where New Memphis is celebrating our city by providing a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping the community.
1: Hello, Memphis. Welcome to your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis, we are here with you every week, Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. on WYXR, which is how you might be hearing us. But we are also available every week as a podcast that is released at 9.01 a.m. on Tuesday. Because so we are so clever. It's just, it hurts every time <laughs> I say it. Uh, my name is Anna Mullins-Ellis. I am here with my partner in crime, my teammate, my co-host, Christy Mullins. Oh, I love partner in crime. That's, can I put that on my business card? Absolutely. Just like CEO partner in crime. <laughs> We actually, I was having this conversation a, a couple of months ago, just like job titles are ridiculous. They're weird. And they meet like people just make people. And I mean, like at your biggest companies to like, you're yeah. like, just we just make stuff up. We're like, oh, <laughs> I'm the, you know, I'm the chief strategy officer. I'm like, what does that mean, sir? <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway, um, yes, you can absolutely be my partner in crime. Perfect. Um, I'm going to do that. We're, um, <laughs> we're going to get put on some sort of FBI watch list. I if, make the business cards anyway. So <laughs> it's it's true. Just like it's true. You, have, you do have a lot of power yes. that you do not
2: wield. Uh,
0: you know, I. This is very fair. If Like, this would be, like, if I was a supervillain, this is the kind of power I would y- wield is, like, making funny edits to people's business cards. Like, because that is th- probably the most evil I'd be capable of, being, <laughs> quite
1: frankly. But, like, you're right. I do yield a lot of power in that regard, and I do not use it. I mean— these days, especially like something printed is like it's got to, a. I mean, it's law, right? Like yeah. it's on physical paper. Yeah. Someone took the time to make this to
0: print it. It's not digital. It has to be true.
1: Look, okay. Give As me. I become increasingly <laughs> dubious about the reality of anything on the internet, right. where I'm like, I don't believe anything. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. New York Times, like even. Like, I don't- <laughs> I just don't know anymore. Um, but yeah, if you like write down a lie and print it out on a piece yeah. of paper, I'm like, I guess this is it. It's in print. It's it's gospel at that point.
0: But guys, I'm we, Christy I was like, Mullen. We, we've been derailed already. <laughs> it's not that surprising. Anna and I have not gotten to do it's been a, a full episode in like a hot minute. So it's exciting to be back to the regular schedule of things and us getting these things live to you, like she said, on WYXR at 8 a.m. So super happy to be doing this. But I'm Christy Mullen, like I said, and today's show is another great one. I say that every time. You guys know I say it every time. She's never lying. But uh, exactly. Like, if anyone knows me, I'm a terrible liar. Anna can vouch for me in that regard. It's, my eye twitches, it's weird. Um, But, we have the newest executive director for Teach for America here with us, Chris Coleman. He'll be here first up. And then, the creators of one of the tastiest tours in the 901, Christina McCarter and her partner, Lisa Brown. And together, they came up with City Tasting Box. So, guys, Really powerful Memphis centric episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But first, our lovely, lovely Anna has
1: something she needs you to know. I do. I was, I told Christy, I was like, Should we wait until the end of the episode? I was like, No, this has to go up <laughs> top because it is of the utmost importance. As you probably know, if you are a frequent listener to this program, New Memphis is a nonprofit. Uh, we are a local nonprofit. We do a lot of different work that we talk a little bit about uh, episode to episode. But right now, we are in what we call recruitment season, um, which means here at New Memphis we are in- inviting you out in the community to participate in our leadership programs. We have amazing leadership programs. If you don't know what that means, I, I, the word leadership I know is very vague. The word program also quite vague. <laughs> These are experiences for professionals across the city. I'm going to talk about what kind of you know what kind of professional and who you might be who you might be and what you might be interested in. But what that means is we get people together into a classroom-style learning experience where you're with 30 other brilliant people to learn about yourself, uh, what kind of leader you are, where are your strengths, where can you grow, um, to really harness that potential, to harness what you're best at. Um, It's a wonderful way to meet other incredible leaders from across the community, from uh, all of our different sectors, so folks who are leading in government, folks who are leading in their businesses, folks who are leading in nonprofits. Leading in education, just like Chris Coleman, who's going to join us later. Um, so it brings all these people together with their diverse experiences and backgrounds, and they learn from one another. They build, I think, really intense and important relationships that also often last uh, well beyond the the time frame of the class. So these are really special experiences. You know, I as somebody who would have, I always say, before I worked in New Memphis, if you'd invited me to be a part of a leadership program, <laughs> I would have politely declined and then turned around and rolled my eyes. Because really? I, yes, I know. Because I'm a cynic, and You're I'm just that like person Anna. I know. I'm like oh, team building. Like how many trust falls are there <laughs> going to be? Meanwhile, I'm like yes, I know. Christy's <laughs> like sign me up for all of them. No, but I, you know, I I had the opportunity to go through one of our leadership programs when I first started working here, and it really was, it, you know, cliche coming, uh, transformative. It, it mm-hmm. opened my eyes to not just who I was, but sort of what I was bringing to the table. But it really put forward for me where I knew I could grow. And I can say without um any any sarcasm that I would not be where I am in my career. I would not be where I am in Memphis without having gone through this program. Um so very quickly, if you are a young professional, and I know I I um <laughs> the the definition of young professional is is, is a is a little bit unshapen. Yes, and um,
0: someone on our social channels that meant just someone who actually went through our embark program called them yo pros and now I cannot on, oh, I love do it. it. I do too. I'm like, can I just go up there? Yo
1: pros. Yeah. YOLO yo pros. Um, <laughs> too I'm far. Not, I'm not a too yo pro. <laughs> I, <laughs> we're talking about folks in their 20s, folks who are a couple of years into their career. Think about our Embark program. Again, we're going to drop you into a class with 30 other really brilliant young people. Um, an amazing experience. Embark for young professionals. We have a program called the Fellows Program, and that's what we call mid-career. A little loosier, goosier there, but, you know, if you're, you know, 10 years into your career or so, maybe you're 35 to 40 and you're thinking about taking that next step in your Mm -hmm. career. You want to, again, expand your network in the city, learn more about Memphis. An incredible program in the fellows program. We also have a program for our our youngest leaders. Uh, Our Accelerate program is for college students. So those who are currently in, you know, pursuing that four-year degree, um, really targeted for those who are in their junior or senior years. That is a program that runs through the fall semester um, so maybe you are one of these people. Maybe you know one of these people. <laughs> the the magic of New Memphis is um, how all of our programs really f- are fueled by word of mouth. And so if someone says, I went through the fellows program. It was amazing. They send us somebody. But you might have uh, a friend, a coworker, a child, a spouse who is kind of thinking about their development, what they want next for themselves in Memphis, uh, professionally, personally. So think about it. Go to our website, NewMemphis.org. Again, this is a very special window of time yes. where the, the floodgates open and we invite <laughs> all of you to, to consider, to to uh, apply, to nominate somebody. Um, so you can do all of that very easily from NewMemphis.org. You can also learn more about each one of those programs. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy has done a, a beautiful job of, of curating a gorgeous website that um, hopefully will give you all of the answers that you need. But if you have questions after you've gone through the website, Please email us at info, info, at newmemphis.org, and we will answer all of your questions. We would love to talk to you about the programs one on one, fill in all the blanks. So that is, concludes my pitch. <laughs> Think about it, Memphis. We'd love to have you. Now let's get into our guests. Yeah, let's roll into the episode, guys.
0: All right, guys, we are here with Teach for America Memphis's Chris Coleman, and he is the latest ED for the organization. Super excited. We were talking a little bit before we started rolling on air, and he was filling me in on what it's like to be the new ED. So welcome, Chris.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm super excited to have you here. So, like, this is something I like to do whenever we have a guest on. It's just kind of before we dive into the work you're doing now, I wanna hear a little bit about you. Introduce yourself to the audience and kind of let us know how you got to where you are.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a native Memphian. I've been in Memphis now. Uh, all my life basically and so I, I went to the area high school and uh, you know if, if you're from Memphis everybody wants to know what high school you went
0: to. Mm-hmm. So. It, I did not know that till I moved here yeah, years ago. It was the first time I was like I, I don't know why is that important. I went to Casiesco High School yeah. in Casiesco, <laughs> Mississippi. So we know you're not from here. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I I went to Hillcrest High School. Um, I was raised in South Memphis. I've been in education now uh, for over 20 years uh, if I back up just a little bit, I did my undergraduate work and graduate work at Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia, okay. Arkansas. I was a uh, uh, scholarship basketball player, uh, so <laughs> I, I went there on scholarship. And then after finishing my uh, graduate work there, I came back home. Uh, first job was actually at Lamoniawon College as director of student nice. activities. Huh. Probably the, one of the best jobs I've ever had. Just given it sounds the things like that a fun did. job. Oh, honestly, yeah, it, was, it was it was awesome. Um, and while I was there, I started working on my MBA from University of Memphis. I completed that in 2004. And I, I didn't really think that I would be in education because I, I had a degree in mathematics mm-hmm. and I have an MBA in finance. So I was thinking about the business world. But I had this opportunity, uh, I want to say it was the summer of '05 to teach at Yo Academy, mm-hmm. teach math. and. From there on, I've been bitten by the bug of just education. I always knew my mother raised me as to know, like, education is uh, important. Yeah. And so I always knew it from my own self. But to be in education and be a teacher and things of that nature never was on my radar. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching ninth through 12th math, uh, Algebra 1, Algebra 2, geometry.
0: Hmm. I am just amazed by that. Because I am so bad at math. It is the one thing. If I was a superhero, math would be my fatal flaw. Like It's just so every time anyone tells me that they're good at math or can teach math, I'm just automatically like, you're a genius. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> like, just I just understood it. I, um, so, but I take it as the gift. I take yeah. it as the gift. But again, like I said earlier, I have over 20 years of experience, and a, and a good number of that is in adult education. So I've taught at the local uh, universities and colleges and things of that nature, like the DeVry Universities I taught at, um, Christian Brothers. Just taught a number of courses, whether that was math, Business courses, things of that nature, but I've also I also ran a, a, a school here that was um, it was a for profit. I, I actually was a regional manager of those before coming to Teach For America, and then once I came to Teach For America, I started out as really a coach and a manager of a coach. And from that point, so I had a I had a cohort of core members that I was, and core members are teachers and mm-hmm. our in our speak we call them core members, mm-hmm. but for you. We call their teachers, so I had a cohort of teachers that I was coaching and supporting and developing, as well as a, another coach like myself who had their own cohort that I was managing that person to help manage and develop their uh, cohort. And from that point on, just matriculated through in, in the various roles. and now, uh, February of 2021, I was afforded the uh, prestige opportunity to be the uh, E.D. of Teach for America Memphis.
1: Yeah, I guess we should start by saying congratulations. Um, <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you. you. sounds know,
1: well deserved. We are big fans of Teach for America over here at New Memphis and really value the work that y'all do. But for those listening who may not have as much insight as we do into the why of the work and, and what Teach for America does, just give us the the kind of top line. Who are you? Why do you do your work? Yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, In thirty <laughs> seconds. now. you've got, got we've got twenty-five minutes. Um, so you just
2: <laughs> So Teach for America, we we actively Recruit, train, and develop a diverse group of uh, leaders from around the country. Uh, We we visit a number of schools, recruiting these individuals to come work in our underserved uh, schools. Uh, We support them when they through we train them during the summer and we support them throughout their two year commitment. So they have a two year commitment. Uh, We worked here in Memphis. We've been in Memphis now for fifteen fifteen years. We actually this is our 15th year here we came here in 06 oh, wow. and so yeah we're excited to be celebrating our 15th year uh but we we both serve in both the shelby county schools as well as we so we have a number of charter partners as well so we're in both charter the charter world as well as the district uh and we just train our teachers to what we want to be true for kids is that every child has an opportunity to have an educational experience that affords them a life of an un, unlimited amount of opportunities that's self-determined by them. And so we just I just believe every child deserves that. It's their, you know, it's their right to to have that, you know, and that needs to be embedded into their educational experience.
1: I'm always curious in the recruitment process. So I, I think it is a fascinating proposition to to go to um, particularly, you know, young, young adults coming out of college. As you said, like some of, you know, the best and brightest that our country has. And saying, hey, you know, can you contribute in this way for this period of time? Is there a profile of a great teacher or a great, I mean, other than like ready, willing, excited to join the program? <laughs> um, what, you know, what is it that sort of spark that you guys are looking for?
2: Well, I think one thing we look at is leadership. Mm. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's a very broad term. But we look at the leadership qualities, like the things that they've been a part of, the organizations that they've been a part of, the roles that they've held. Uh, Because we do believe that teaching is an act of leadership. And so what comes along with with that is also the grit, uh, the fit. uh, So whether you've worked in, because it's not just, oh, I'm about to go work here. No, actually working in the schools that we serve, you have to have some resilience and some perseverance about yourself. And we understand, too, a lot of times our core members, our teachers, again, slash core members, (laughs) are sometimes this is their first job out of school. And so we are very attentive to the skills that they need, not only to be a a great teacher and long, you know continue to learn and develop, but also the skills that they just need from a professional standpoint to support them and things of that nature that they may encounter, but also support them as a person because you're coming out of college where you've been, you know, this high performer and teaching. No matter how, teaching is probably one of the hardest jobs that anyone can do because it's no script to it. You're dealing, you're, you have the responsibility and also the privilege to impact a number of children in a way that most people don't get a chance to do that on a daily basis.
1: And you might also have to know how to do math, which would be <laughs> exactly. and, and, I'm and, like, and, I'm and, out. And,
2: and, and also not only know how to do it, but also know how to effectively teach mm-hmm. it so kids can then learn, right? And so uh, we we try to support, again, every core member... Teacher That comes here to Memphis and even throughout our entire org always has a support coach. Mm-hmm. They, everyone has a cohort that they're in and they also has a coach that offers them that one-on-one coaching, but also some group coaching and things of that nature. So we try our best to provide them the level of support that ensures that they are on the path to delivering excellence for kids because our kids deserve that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's very interesting with the work you guys do at TFA, which is Teach for America. We refer to it as TFA lovingly. Um, I think it's very cool, the work you guys do. And I'm very interested because I know teacher retention is such a big thing. What have you seen in terms of, you know, how does the teacher retention look for Teach for America teachers?
2: Yeah. So, again, since we've been here since 06 mm-hmm. and since I've been here since uh, 2013 and our alumni base has actually grown year over year. Again, it's grown because also we've brought in a number nope. of more nope. teachers, uh-huh. and so as we've grown that and we've started to focus really on how do we also retain our alumni here, mm-hmm. and alumni are the teachers who, again, complete our program. Our program is two years, and then they go into alumni-hood forever, right? Um, and so what we've actually put forth efforts to ensure not only did their core experience, their two-year experience, Be a catalytic experience for them to then go on into alumnihood. But we also put those things in place to ensure that they want to actually stay here in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And maybe some don't actually stay in the classroom because we also recruit them knowing that some will stay in the classroom, some will go on to law, some will go on to medicine, some will go on to do other things. But we wanted this experience to also be for those who want to go on and do those other things to actually take this experience with them because what we do know is that. In order to in order for every child to receive that equitable educational experience, it's not just in the classroom, mm. it's outside of the classroom as well. And so we know it takes more than just a teacher. And so we we want them to also feel still supported in the classroom, but also know there's ways to engage when if you don't decide to stay in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But stay here in Memphis. And I just think Memphis has I'm a native Memphian, so (laughs) I I love Memphis and I know it has a ton to offer. And so what we also try to do is partner with other organizations that offer uh, organizations such as New Memphis Institute, right? Offer them other things outside of the classroom that actually helps retain them to Memphis because the retention efforts is not just all the efforts we're putting in place. We need to partner with again, like a new Memphis Institute or uh, Choose 901 or whatever the case may be to offer them things outside of the classroom so they can feel connected to Memphis besides just their school building.
1: Mm, That's such a great point. And, you know, that that element of building advocates for education and whether, again, they're in the classroom for two years or 10 years or their whole career, knowing that they are um, just really primed to be not just i mean a great sort of spokesperson for education reform for like the importance of this work but um you know we've noticed as we've in- invited teach for america teachers both you know current core members and alumni into you know coming to our events they come through our programs they're working alongside mm. other young professionals you know who are working in all different kinds of sectors but they have they're such a good influence on <laughs> our our other young professionals and i think they've really helped elevate teaching as a profession just to just be like hey here's this like very brilliant passionate person who's chosen to teach who feels like it was worth their time and i think that that um you know has a tangential sort of benefit for the mm-hmm. whole community and and i think it speaks well to just to, to memphis as a as a community that we have these amazing people who are pouring themselves into education because i think sometimes the perception of public education is in some ways worse than the than the reality mm-hmm. of it um, that was definitely going to be
0: kind of one of my questions, Anna. You like led into it pretty well. Is that I agree with you that Memphis is such a wonderful place, and I but it's not without its challenges, right? Mm-hmm. What have you seen just with like from the TFA perspective and your core members? What is one of the ch- biggest challenges for educators in the city?
2: Well, you have to think about it. We are bringing roughly a hundred, right? You know, uh. New teachers to the city, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and probably, a, I would say, eighty percent of them, if not more, aren't from here. Mm-hmm. So that's the first challenge, mm-hmm. right? It's and making again, them
0: feel connected, right? <laughs> you gotta feel,
2: con- and they're and they're young folk, right? And they're so they've they've only probably been to college and no home, mm-hmm. and, you know, without all the other travel. But now you're about to actually start another journey, and so I think that's the first thing of them feeling that that's the homesick piece, right? Of and feeling connected to other individuals. And so one thing we try to focus on is creating community mm-hmm. because that's the first piece. We got to take care of the person first. If we can't take care of the person first, there's no way that they can then focus on the task at hand. It's just going to add on to, right? And so we try to create where we have community, where they feel connected to each other, not only in the core, but again, in Memphis, again, outside of their classroom, but also feel connected in their building too, because that's, a, that's the tug. So when you go home for, say, the first fall break, everybody's going to talk to you. And probably the first thing they're going to ask you is, how is it in Memphis? Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right. How is it in Memphis? And we want, you know, there again, like you, you said, we have our challenges and things of that nature. But what we do know it was, is when there's a connection to the place or to people, it lightens the load of the, everything that else everything mm-hmm. else that's hard. You know, because when you have that support group or that just somebody to be around and things of that nature, it it makes it easy to keep coming and keep going because right. things get tough sometimes, and especially in teaching.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially in teaching. <laughs> well, so you, you've, as you noted, uh, Teach for America has been in Memphis for fifteen years now. I'm curious, um, and I know you haven't been there for that entire uh, time frame, but I'm curious how things have changed and shifted. You know, I feel like um, just in our work you know, we've been, we're aware of the reality that there's a lot of investment happening in public education, that there's a lot of innovation happening in the space. And I'm always interested to hear from your perspective, kind of on the front lines, where where have we made strides? Where do you see like, wow, like this impact is really uh, visible? And then where do you feel like, okay, we've, you know, we really need to double down, you know, kind of to Christie's, you know, in terms of challenges, I'm just curious, you know, what what is your um, state of public education in Memphis yeah. <laughs> in, in 30 seconds.
2: In 30, in 30 seconds, there we go. I think right now, I would first, you know, you just have to acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think the pandemic is twofold in a way. It, it was such a crisis, but it, it also unveiled the inequities in our system and in public education in itself. And also it also then allowed people to be innovative because what we used to do couldn't work in a virtual world or whatever system that the schools had set up and it and it forced people to say and look at our children in the schools that we serve and the communities that we work in don't have access to digital mm. you know, digital. Right tech, right? The tech technology and things and the, the digital divide. They don't have the devices. They don't have they the Wi-Fi at it. home. So like, How do we get that? How do you work on that? Because it will assume that everybody has it. It's like no, then how do we also then equip teachers to effectively and efficiently teach and engage children now virtually because that was a one off if someone had to do that. No one really paid any attention mm-hmm. to it. No one you know, really wanted to put forth time and effort or any resources toward that. And so I just think now with the The pandemic, what it has allowed for schools and teachers to focus on creativity, innovation. How do we now personalize learning for children to really, you know, put them on a path that's really set up for them to succeed, not what has been the traditional of just sit in the classroom? Because it's now unveiled to us that learning can look different. Mm -hmm. Because what we don't want to focus on is like, oh, this past year or this year and a half, has now been a year of learning loss. And for us as Teach for America, which I'm pretty sure along with our district partners and our charter partners have said, this is not a year of learning loss. It's a a year of learning opportunity. Mm. And we're gonna be innovative and creative to figure out actually what that looks like, not only for the teachers, but most importantly for our kids.
0: That's very interesting to me because I haven't, I don't guess I've heard anyone put it quite that way. Um, I feel like the pandemic has been very focused around the loss that kids are experiencing in the classroom. But I think the way you just pose that it is an opportunity to learn that learning can happen differently and successful learning can happen differently. So I think that's something very powerful to note, honestly. And I'm like sitting here, I'm like thinking it through my head. But if someone's listening right now or someone was interested in becoming an educator or even coming through TFA or figuring out how, I know you spoke a little bit to what makes a good teacher, but how does someone get involved as an educator with TFA? Like, what is the process?
2: Well, for one, I would say go visit the website of Teach for America. Perfect plug. We <laughs>
0: love it. Teachforamerica.org.
2: <laughs> uh, and because one thing about, I, I've interviewed a, a number of candidates that come through our our program, and they would also always say, like, I would ask them, why teach it? Mm-hmm. And it was, because I want to do, I want to, I love kids, and I just want to do things with kids. I was like, well, Actually, then teaching may not be for you because you can do a number of things and be around kids. You can mentor, mm-hmm. you can tutor, you can do a number of things. And so you, you have to actually ask yourself, do you actually want to be a teacher? And again, there's no script to it. It is it is such a rewarding and privileged profession. And it is also. So tough and underappreciated, mm. Um yeah, I, and I know that was probably not your no. <laughs> your I love question, where it's but, going. Though um, I just I just want to not only give a you know a, just a quick shout out not only to our teachers because out but all teachers and educators and school administrators because the work is hard mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be who I am today without my teacher or the teachers that have um, you know provided me that educational experience that love. So you want to say what do they need? They need to have a love and a drive for for. The success of kids. Because when I think about me, a real quick story, I went to Four Road Elementary, and my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Jordan, he says, you're going to be good at math. Now, mind you, this is, I don't date myself, but this is probably in the <laughs> late mid-80s, about 85, 86. And he says, you're going to be good at math. So what did I tell you earlier? I have a degree in mathematics. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I thought I was smart or I was, like you said, a genius. I knew he believed in me enough mm-hmm. to say I was going to be good at math. So not only did I not want to let him down, I didn't want to let my mother down. And so I got my degree in math. And yes. all the things that came along with was people like, you're smart. I'm like, eh, I, I guess. <laughs> but, I just, but the thing about it was it was the love that he poured in me, the understanding yeah, that, that he poured in me. that investment. Exactly. And you have to have teachers who, even when it's tough, because I was a teacher too, and there was a number of days where I walked out the room, let me go cry a little bit and let me come back. But when you have a student that says, "Ms. Coleman, I come here every day because you here every day. So when you take a look at that, just that statement, there's a lot in that statement. Not only is it my presence, maybe it's my teaching. Maybe it's the conversations that I have. Maybe it's the things I don't say. Maybe it's just I'm there every day as this person that shows up for our children every day. And I'm authentic with them. And I believe in them. And that's what we have to have is teachers who, despite how hard it gets, because it is. And it. Mm-hmm. it, it it, and it will be, you must continue to still care about the kids. Even sometimes when they can't see the care for themselves, mm-hmm. right. you still be that one. And that's what, despite all the skills that teachers need, you can teach that. Mm-hmm. What I can't teach a teacher or develop a teacher is around wanting to love and support and develop children.
0: You really just touched on another question that just came to mind is that you know you were saying you can teach the skills right and so i'm curious you know that non-traditional teacher route someone who did not they went to college graduated with a degree not in education Not like do you see that people who do go the more non-traditional route and decide to be a teacher a little bit later are successful yes more we've, often than not
2: we've had a number of our teachers be successful and again You know, I won't sit here and say there's no blueprint. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. right? But one thing about them that the technical part of like the 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 lesson planning things that Mm -hmm. nature because they're high achievers anyway they grasp that part pretty quickly, right? And a lot of times schools do a lot of that for you too, give you templates and things that nature. What we try to help them now do is how do you put yourself into the lesson? Hmm. Because that's not all. That's the part you have to learn and be supported and be taught and be shown, right? Of how do you put yourself? How do you see? Yourself in the lesson. How do you ask certain questions? How do you actually ask those questions in relation to the children that you are teaching? Because mm-hmm. you're just not asking questions. Are these questions back to the children? What is the outcome you want to be true for the for the kids? Then what is you know what is the objective? So instead of saying identify, well if you're if you're saying identify, is the lesson about identify or is it about analyzing? So if it's about analyzing, ask a question about analyzing, not about identifying. So that's just a small piece, but for the most part, they come here, they can grasp the lesson plan pretty, pretty easy because it's pretty, for the most part, it's half tactical. But then there's the other part of how do you really now embed yourself, internalize Mm -hmm. what we say in education is internalize the lesson. So when you're up there teaching, it's not like this, right? You have your, so I asked question. And so you already know us on your lesson and how do you then shift? Because again, you're not teaching robots. Mm -hmm. You're teaching humans. And so they were, you have to have you we work with them on growing their skill, not only in still being great as you continue to lesson plan, but also being relevant and culturally competent with your with your students and your and your families.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I think um, you know, we're we've just been so impressed with every Teach for America teacher that we've got come in, you know, be some of the 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 brightest people. But as you said, there is something just inherently um, special about how how they're approaching the work. And, um, you know, I, we, we say and we hear all the time, like, teaching is so, so hard. Um, but they always lead with exactly what you said. But it's also the most rewarding. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine myself doing anything else. And I think that's a real testament to it being your calling. Um, well, Chris, we've been delighted to hear from you again. This Thank was Chris Coleman. He is the new executive director of Teach for America Memphis. Congratulations again. <laughs> I know that it is under great leadership. We're excited to see where we go from here. I'm going to do my best. Good luck in the next school year.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to know any more about it, again, they can they can check the website of teachforamerica.org, or they can also email me at christopher.coleman at teachforamerica.org. That's Christopher. C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R dot Coleman C O L E M A N at teachforamerica.org. Well, up,
0: you got a direct Chris, link, right? guys. You don't have an excuse. If you're considering <laughs> it, email him. He can help you with if your you questions. Can, if
2: you consider being a teacher <laughs> or you would love to support Teach for America, yes. hey, I'm I'm your I'm your man. I'm your
0: <laughs> well, thank you again for being with us, Chris, and we hope you have a great day. Yep. Thank you all so Chris. much
2: for having me. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, we are here in studio with Christina McCarter and Lisa Brown, uh, co-founders and owners and all the fun things of City Tasting Box and Tours. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Hey, guys. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you here. And whenever we have two guests, I love to have you guys introduce yourselves so the audience kind of
4: knows who's speaking when. So go ahead and do that for me real quick. Okie dokie. All right, guys, it's me. I'm Lisa Brown. And And, I'll hand it over to Christina. Hey,
0: I'm Christina McCarter. Now, guys, you know the voices behind the magic and you can keep up with who's talking when. Um, So let's just get right into it because I have so many questions. You guys are going to be sick of me by the time you have to leave here, but Mm -mm. we got to get started. So first off, let's just kick it off. Tell me a little bit about I want to hear about you guys individually a little and how your paths kind of came together to create this wonderful thing.
4: I absolutely love this story, but I'll (laughs) let Christina tell it first because it all stems from City Tasting Tours. Awesome.
3: So, um... Yeah, we, well, I um, started I feel like with we <laughs> need the
0: fade back music where like it gets blurry. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Back in 2016. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I started with City Tasting Tours. It's a food tour company and I take people to restaurants and we eat and drink and have a good time. I'll tell them about the city. Right. So I always say it's like, you know, falling in love with the city one plate at a time. Um, it's very cultural, historical. Yeah. Um, big on those. Eat local, be kind. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and that's how it all started for me getting into the food and beverage industry. I kind of decided to make that my niche, make that my thing. It's what I'm the most passionate about. Right. Um, fast forward to 2019, me and Lisa got to know each other um, because I was doing craft food and wine festival. I basically started getting into events, um, and that's how me and her met, basically through email. We didn't even know each other looked like at first, and then we finally met up was one like day. like a
0: blind partner day. Yeah, it was,
3: <laughs> and we met up at Puck Food Hall, uh-huh. and uh, we just hit it off from there, and then fast forward again <laughs> to 2020 uh, when the world collapsed yeah. and food tours were no more. Um, I started doing, like, virtual tours, and that was doing pretty well. And then, you know, what was it, phase two came. Uh, So people started going back to restaurants. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I got to pivot again. Um, So we, she called me one day and just was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm okay. (laughs) Sitting on the floor in my kitchen, uh, worried about restaurants, what they're going to do. Because without them, there's no me, I feel so um she was just like Christina, what about you like i called about you right. and and uh so we kind of took it from there and became business partners within about 8 hours wow. <laughs> yeah. with city tasting box so but lisa i mentioned the idea to her and she just fell in love with it and um her background which she can get into is pretty much what took this you know from an idea to a concept to a real strategy to like where yeah. it is now it's been great so yeah
4: yeah and you know going back to 2019 when I <laughs> met when I met Christina um, I was the marketing manager for a local restaurant apparel and uniforms company oh, wow. by the name of Chefware shout out Chefware I love them <laughs> they're awesome Um but my background has always been corporate like corporate operations corporate marketing so so um, you're basically
0: perfect is what you're saying this, <laughs> this project I, I feel like bringing
4: <laughs> us together it is definitely a powerhouse but yeah. you have to have the, the creativity that Christina brings to the table you know what I mean yeah um and so when we met you know she's doing all these cool you know events and I was looking to find some different sponsorships for the company that I was working for and I was like man she is like perfect she's killing the game and she's so low-key about it <laughs> um and so instantly I just knew that we were gonna be doing events and then like she said you know everything switched up on us in 2020 we were like what is happening right Right. now Uh, a wellness call really turned into a business y'all it is I don't like it's I don't have a, a a more, you know, like corporate buttoned up, you know what I mean? Like a really cool um, um, strategic way to say that. It was literally like I called her. It was a- actually after the Floyd situation happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't like I don't know what's going on anymore. I think mm-hmm. I was kind of coping with, you know, COVID. Um, but then, you know, just there were so many things happening. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And it was really just a way to say like, hey, girl, how are you? Um, and she's, like, going on and on about the restaurants, and I'm like, but what about you? (laughs) You know, and it just clicked to me in that moment. I said, like, whatever it is that she's wanting to do, I'm going to be behind it 100%. And that call was, like, eight hours long, and, you know, within hour six, I was like, I think we're on to something. (laughs) (laughs) We're making magic (laughs) We're making magic happen. And that was the birth of the inception of City Tasting Box. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's... I'm amazed right now. I'm like, <laughs> well, we love, love it. We love having entrepreneurs on the program. It's, you know, we, we try to invite some of our friends in who, one, because we, we're inspired by the work that you do, but it's also, you know, they're always very uniquely Memphis stories somehow. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but. You know, I, I, this story in particular is, is fabulous. I did not think that I could make a career out of um, eating and drinking out with friends, which I, I've i been doing every day. Mm-hmm. For, um, but just the innovation that, that you bring to the table. But this is like this sort of and most entrepreneurs have stories like this. It's like, OK, I had the idea and I went on this path. But then there's like eight sort of curveballs and, mm-hmm. and you have to continue to innovate and mm-hmm. and iterate. And so I think that, you know, this is such a great example of that. We've kind of, we've gotten 10 minutes into talking to y'all and we haven't really told people what is City Tasting Tours and what is the City Tasting Box?
3: Yeah. uh, So like City Tasting Tours is where we would take people to restaurants, you know, you eat and drink and have a good time where you basically get to meet the chefs Mm -hmm. and walk around and really see the city, you know, while you're here. Even if you're a local, you learn something on Mm -hmm. that tour. A city tasting box is where we bring it to you so we're bringing the city and the taste of memphis to you
0: deliver right to your doorstep right to your, to home, your doorstep
3: i was like yeah. we're looking
1: at a beautiful box yeah. right yeah. now
3: don't worry yeah. i
0: will be posting it on our social media channels lisa at can Indian go memphis. into
3: that box a little more <laughs> yeah. but um, don't worry
0: if you didn't i was gonna ask you that
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything from the outside to the inside everything that's incorporated is 100 local um
4: yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, who knew Memphis had so many great packaged foods, right? Right. right? Um, And so it's really an extension of the tours. It's the same premise. We're still trying to introduce people to these cool food palettes and all of those things that's happening in Memphis. But, you know, during COVID, travel really wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So why don't we package up a whole bunch of our good stuff, almost like a care package, right? Mm-hmm. And send it out to the whole nation. Um, and now as the world is opening back up, we're super excited because we're thinking about, you know, other markets and other yeah. other locations. And I think that's what people are expecting from us as well. So mm-hmm. it's just a super fun way to experience a city without having to travel.
0: Yeah. Why? I'm very curious. Like, why do you guys think it's so important to kind of give a view of Memphis through this lens? Like, mm-hmm. why is that the I like the idea you guys have decided roles? I'd really love to hear from you about that.
4: Yeah, um, I was going to say, I mean, Chris, you know, this is this is her bread and butter, if you will. No pun intended. I, know. <laughs> I, like, I like when I do that. It's, <laughs> it's
0: an accident and you do it. It's like I'm funny and I didn't I'm even know such it. A geek.
4: Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, food is one of those. Everyone can agree on food. Food brings everyone together. And food is such a huge part of Memphis culture. Mm-hmm. You literally can't talk about Memphis without mm-hmm. mentioning food. <laughs> um, right. And barbecue culture is a huge thing. Thing across the world, and you know Memphis, we put our stamp on it, and and we claim that we are the best because we do have the best barbecue in the world. I was like, you it's know. not a claim. It's, <laughs> we, we do. I have argued this. I've been in other cities, and like, no. Let me tell you why. And it, it gets intense, but, um, but in in addition to the barbecue, you know, we have soul food and comfort food, and we have so much is happening here, and it's so good. It's. It's a it's it's a part of our heritage, it's a part of our culture. Um, but then you have you have new food that's happening in Memphis. You have an mm-hmm. entirely new food scene, you have mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of international cuisine here, you have new American food now. Um, there's so much happening, and then you have a lot of makers and producers yeah. as well in the space. Um, and I think that, you know, with Christina stemming from the tours, that was always the passion is introducing people to the city through food. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Memphis is growing and changing. So or has grown and changed so much. I feel like in terms of like food and things like that, when I think of like, okay, what's Memphis missing? I'm like, not Mm. a whole lot. We've got a lot of it covered. But is there anything, you know, you guys notice being the professionals in this space that we could use a little more of? And if the answer is no, that's fine too. I feel yeah, like yeah. I mean, other than international curious, food,
3: I would say, right? you, know, you know, that's that's the only thing I noticed.
4: I was gonna say more of what we have. Like, I love that's seeing great you know what I mean. You know, chefs just being daring and coming. I mean, yeah. they're artists essentially, mm-hmm. right? Having them, you know, figure out how to come into this space and and you know create their own lane and yeah. you know try new things. So I think we have a good mix of everything. I just want to see more of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome, and you guys
0: are really pouring that mix into the love of your city tasting box, which I'm pointing to. And I know you guys cannot see this, but you know who I am. I do air quotes. I forget that I'm talking to an actual radio host of people. Um, But talk a little bit more about the box, like the beautiful box. First of all, guys, if you've never seen a city tasting box, we're going to get to this later about where you can look at them, see them, find out all about them. But they always have such beautiful artwork so before we dive into the contents and love you guys pour into curating these boxes talk to me a little bit about the design of these boxes like
1: yeah work that's, with locals
0: what's happening mm-hmm. that's, that, so
1: that's
3: where it, that's where we went next level so I mean, we could have <laughs> easily gone with gift basket I think right we, we spent the first three hours talking about what this box needed to look uh, like hmm. so <laughs> um as yeah, a graphic
4: we, designer i'm like appreciate it yeah, so much yeah <laughs> so it's funny because that's what we knew we were like yes this is destined to be because <laughs> chris was like no i know who's doing the art and i was like no i know who's <laughs> doing the art was and it, the it, 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 was
2: the it was the same person it was the same person
4: <laughs> it's maya insane so i, I love, love Maya's work yeah um just phenomenal i mean mm. the, the creativity and it's just I don't know. I just love everything that Maya does. Mm -hmm. So we both agreed on that piece. And that is really what really brought the box together. I mean, it's the look and the feel is fun. It's colorful. It's iconic Memphis on the front. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's the one thing that we knew we were like, okay, this is definitely going to work. Cause we know exactly what we want the box (laughs) to look like. Um, And then we also, in the beginning, we work with uh, get arched. Uh, They, they, uh, the, I love them. They're so phenomenal. <laughs> They're they they so creative. Block. Yeah, we did ah. the retro Memphis wood block. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So yeah, we've worked with some cool artists. Um, and then for the majority box, we worked with uh, Jennifer Lane Pete of Original mm-hmm. Art. So, she actually hand painted their artwork on the majority box. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. she she had a big canvas. Mm-hmm. She made the painting
3: and then she scanned it so we to could put it on the box. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. So, we had to be very detailed with how we needed the box to look mm-hmm. because she, I mean, how many times can, can you, you hand paint? paint <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, she's like, <laughs> one and done. Right, right. Yeah, it was maybe one or two edits and she killed it. We were yeah. like, love wow. it. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Oh, uh, I think that's just an example of the love you guys have poured in because we haven't even gotten to the inside, Is right? right? It's, <laughs> it's just the outside of this box and you guys have poured so much passion into it already. And I love the fact that you, you're using Memphis based creatives. Like mm-hmm. we love Maya. Maya used to be a former New Memphis employee and oh. she's out there killing it on <laughs> mm-hmm. her own. Um, I know she's got great representation now and mm-hmm. she's just again, killing the game. I can't talk enough about how much I love Maya's illustrative work. Yeah. Um, but. Let's dive into the box. Huh, I did it too. No pun intended. What's inside this beautiful box?
4: So this particular box here, this is the, the new box that we're releasing in July. It's the Mission Box. Oh, um, I
0: love these names too. Yeah, yeah.
4: So um, we will be uh, launching a crowdfunding campaign in July. And this is this is one of the, well, this is the box that we curated for the crowdfunding campaign. Oh, wow. um, so it's gonna feature. I think it's about seven. Is yeah. it seven food artisans uh, that we have worked with um, throughout that this journey? Um, totally great flavors, um, great products that we're putting in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, you want to go through the yeah. the artisans in the box? Yes. So uh,
3: <laughs> we have Pop's Colonel, which is Tamiko Wade. It's her Say Cheese. So we went savory this time with her famous cheese popcorn. We have 901. It has my mouth water. Right. So I was oh, like, yeah. I have it. It's, to, like, <laughs> it's like, Your stomach is going to grow. Yeah. Uh, 901 with Amanda Krog. Um, we have her granola. And then we have Grecian Gourmet. Oh gosh. Uh, they're one of our favorite restaurants that, that has great products. feta dip. Oh. I just, mm-hmm. chef's kiss.
0: I can't. Yeah. The chips. Oh. oh, I know. Uh,
3: <laughs> still trying to figure out how to get that in the box. <laughs> I know. Uh, we have their Greek vinaigrette.
0: Nice.
3: We have my cup of tea. Two of their individual tea bags. Oh, I
0: love them um, as well. May's Gourmet Jam. Wait.
3: Yeah. Uh, her blueberry lemongrass jam. It's, it's the, uh, what do you say? It's the surpriser or the uh-huh. shocker. Like mm. people are like, hmm, blueberry lemongrass. And then they try it and they love it. Um, and then who else? Oh, um, Spicy Z's. Oh, I haven't
0: heard of this Chef one. Marzina
3: Collins, she is a product based maker. Um, so she makes a lot of different seasonings. And this is her Italian lemon pepper seasoning. Yum. And yeah. And Makita. And then Makita. Uh, yeah, yeah, Makita's yeah. butter makita's cookies. Makita's butter yeah. cookies. That's all we have to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so like if you're if you are a Memphian, or even honestly, if you're not a Memphian at this point, I it's think everyone much,
3: knows. Yeah, it's pretty much nationwide.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> you guys uh, again, you're sourcing all of this talent locally, which I know is the premise of what you guys are putting together. But how do you decide <laughs> the makers that get in each box? Because I know I've never no, This is my first time getting to meet you guys, but I can already tell, and just from following along you guys' journey, like. You care a lot, so I know it's not just a willy-nilly process. I know right. you have some method to the madness of who gets in the boxes and when.
4: So I, I would say, Christina, that is more her. Um, that's more her passion. I would say, and I think that's more of a skill and talent over like me. Is it good? Does yeah. <laughs> it taste good? Yeah. And do we like them? <laughs> And and it's, and that's kind of, that's about the most science I have. You're like, with that's that. my criteria. Yeah, that's I'm my done. criteria. Lisa eats five. <laughs> right. If yeah. I can eat five of them, then it makes it Which in the box. Which is a
0: serving size <laughs> right. for something you love, right? Like, that's just how it goes. It's like, oh, there's five cookies. I got to eat them all. I got to eat
4: them all. And yeah. yeah. they were all good. They go in the <laughs> yeah. box. Right. But Christina has a, has yeah. a system and it's a method.
3: A, it's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> a, do we love them you know um do they have great product yeah um uh, then you kind of get into things like packaging and you know mm. are they legally allowed to you know right. do this um there's a lot of <laughs> well
0: and there's a lot of people things. that like package stuff that can't live in a box
3: right, right? we can't put cold products <laughs> right. in the box you know so Not it, there it yet. has to be dry right.
1: goods but they're going to design a gorgeous refrigerator yes right. <laughs> A cooler <laughs> bag <I> a <laughs> whole thing
3: to yes. you um And, you know, the sizes, and it's really about mixing up the different tastes and the different, um, I don't know how to say that, but, you know, we like to have at least one restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, one chef, lots of makers, Mm -hmm. uh, sweet, savory, salty, like trying to Mm -hmm. hit every taste bud in there, not just all sweets and all salty. Try to make sure it represents Memphis, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we... It's such a cool project because you are both obviously entrepreneurs in your own right, but you are then supporting these other local entrepreneurs, which I think is, you know, I I have discovered local artisans through your work. Um, So, you know, as somebody who's lived in Memphis for 20 years and as I mentioned, eats a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like to know that like, oh, like there are so many other, you know chefs and makers who are who and some of them are new, you know. So it's 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 exciting to be able to sort of evolve along with the industry. Um, you know, I will say we I I think this is such a gift, not just for those who receive the box because they're delicious, but um this is something that we needed in Memphis that Mm -hmm. we did, you know, to, to have like a Memphis care package. Right. Um I mean in the work that we do, we of course are always trying to find ways to to showcase our community in unique ways. And um whether it's, you know, sending gifts sending somebody, as you said, a care package. It's like a literal care package so you don't have to do any of the work. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> That would require you to go around town and sort of pluck these yeah. things from different shelves. It's so fabulous for, um, you know, if you are trying to engage your employees or someone came to visit you you want to set or you know again as you said people who are not in the city so if, as you are listening i hope people are thinking about <laughs> like oh gosh i have to you know send somebody right. a gift for x thing um, yeah it's such an easy way to do it
4: this is way more convenient so much more convenient <laughs> i
1: i yes um and it, perfect timing obviously as we've all come out of the pandemic and thinking about um you know how do we have some of these experiences in different ways and knowing mm-hmm. that not everybody can physically be here in Memphis wandering around with you um mm-hmm. going to taste although that is certainly the preference <laughs> um so i'm curious just look, you know thinking back to your journey i always love to probe a little bit into when did you make the big leap um like was this project when you were first launching city tasting tours a okay i'm quitting my job and i'm mm-hmm. pouring myself oh, yeah. into this 100% um yeah. and how did yeah, you make that choice? a crazy n- one. Okay. Um, <laughs> At what moment did you know you were crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Christina
0: just goes
3: yes
1: and steps yeah. away from
3: the <laughs> microphone. Yep, that was me. Um, I had a pretty deep conversation with you know my family and my husband and everybody was like, yeah, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> they they didn't tell me at first but
0: that just made you have a great idea they, right? yeah
3: you know even to this day a lot of my family is like man we thought you were crazy but you are really on to something and we love it and we support you every every step of the way um i had a lot of friends who were there for me um i don't know how i would have done any of this honestly without all of them but it was it was a leap to kind of leave health insurance and i have a baby and uh you know I just had an idea and I just wanted it to work and it started working pretty fast it actually started working before I was ready for it to work (laughs) I didn't even have like t-shirts made for city tasting tours yet um but it got it. I think choose 901 or somebody like Posted about it and it just went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I text my mom. I was like, mom, I wasn't <laughs> they're buying the tickets already. <laughs> I need t-shirts made. So I went and got some t-shirts made real quick. And then like Justin Fox Burks came out and took pictures. And I'm just like,
4: yes, I love it. Whatever.
3: We're doing it. We're doing it. So it grew kind of just like this where I went from. I had five restaurants at the time. And then by 2019, I had about 15. And this was about the same. We had eight,
4: eight, and and now now we we have have thirty.
3: So it's grown a lot. Once the restaurants kind of caught on, and we're like, "Oh, this is a win-win for Mm -hmm. everybody." Mm -hmm. You know, we need to join in on this. And same with this, we say win-win-win. It's Mm -hmm. it's a win for everybody that's receiving this box.
0: You really just took a big leap of faith, like you. I just had a dream, and you. Yeah, it it was.
3: It was just you know you keep having you know crazy things at work and you're just like ah, I could yeah. just be doing what I really want to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's give it a try and yeah.
0: You're a, like a great example of turning like a passion project into a living breathing yeah. career path mm-hmm. yeah. honestly at this point. And so I mean, if the listening audience doesn't know, they're about to. You guys have gotten a lot of cool press around town, but you've also gotten press outside of Memphis at this point. And most notably, like this year, Forbes. Right. Just like, <laughs> like, please talk to me. What is it Like, how does that phone call? Like, ring ring, it's Forbes. And you're like, all right, no. Like, I don't yes, know. It's
4: crazy. So um, a lot of the national press that we received was due to the launch of the majority box Mm -hmm. and as you guys know that's the box that featured all black food artisans found right here in memphis um and we were we were like so specific about who was going to make it into Mm -hmm. the box there were a couple of people we just knew right off the bat um but then chris this is her power she's really good about just keeping her ear to the street like literally like like who's out there that Mm -hmm. we don't know who needs to be put out front and center. We didn't know that Forbes and Black Enterprise, right. Thrillist, Bot, yeah. like it was all of them. Pretty <laughs> much a lot. It's a whole of, list. It's a whole few, list yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, we, didn't, we didn't know that. We could not have anticipated that. Um, and so we're so grateful because every time that we're mentioned, all of these food artisans Mm -hmm. are mentioned as well and for many of them that was their first time being featured in forbes and black enterprise Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. like chris said earlier it's a win-win-win you when you make a purchase or when you support city tasting box you're supporting anywhere from eight to ten other businesses Mm -hmm. with that one purchase Mm -hmm. um so we we just we love being able to say that um yeah. And that, that will always be the North Star of of our business. So, yeah.
0: that's I think that's super cool because I have also, I mean, I live in this I've been here for over a decade now. But, like, I found about, a, about my cup of tea because of you guys and, like, the wonderful work they're, doing, they're doing to yeah. give, like, women jobs and things of that nature. So I think, yes, you guys are uplifting businesses, but you're also uplifting people who are doing great work on, like, the organizational and people level mm-hmm. as yeah. well yeah um so you're kind of taking that with you again like you mentioned lisa so wonderfully like that press is not just your press that's mm-hmm. M- memphis's community yeah. press oh yeah mm-hmm. and i think oh, yeah. it kind of uplifts our city in a way that people can see and relate to mm-hmm. because i think so often people look at memphis and you know you have people on each side of the spectrum, right? Some people are like, oh, I love Memphis. And some right. people are like, Memphis, right. um, question mark. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think things like this show and highlight how not only wonderful our community is, but how innovative it is. Mm,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: We love shedding that that type of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: you guys are, I mean, you're killing it, quite
1: frankly. So. Well, yeah. it's a good final question. As a Memphis-based entrepreneur, Memphis-based entrepreneurs, What is what is something that you think is uniquely great about being an entrepreneur in the city that you were like, wow, this was like, this is how I (laughs) how I made it. And then what is something that you hope to see for our community going forward to continue to support and foster new entrepreneurs as they're considering making that insane leap that you made so easily?
0: (laughs) What if she just said don't? (laughs) That's
4: That's me sometimes.
3: And I'm like, get out of there, Christina. (laughs) Exactly. this is
4: crazy <laughs> um I was gonna say what I love being um you know being uh, a business owner in Memphis um you know I was born and raised here I left went to school I was in Chicago for a while I came back um and so in a way you know it's it's home but I'm like relearning my city mm-hmm. so city tasting box has been an a great opportunity for me to experience my city through a new lens. Um, And so I like that newness that I have, that I'm experiencing. And I would say since I've been back home, it's been so welcoming. Um, There is a sense of community. And I think that that is even more important today than it's ever been. um, And that we have to collaborate. If we want to build something, if we want to make something, Mm -hmm. if we want to move ahead, You really want to collaborate and you want to think about the community. Um, And so that's what I love about being in Memphis, between the artists that we've worked with, um, the food artisans that we've worked with in restaurants to, you know, packaging folks and Everything that we're doing is literally out of Memphis right now. And that has been phenomenal. Everyone's been about it. They're all like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So I love the that grit and grind culture mm-hmm. that we have here um, and that, you know, we are working together to build. And so I just find that to be um, invaluable. Like I, that is the strength of, um, of what we've been doing is that we've had so many people to say, yeah, like we're down. Let's let's do it. Um, and thinking about moving forward, I know Chris talks a lot about, um, you know, seeing more of our artisans grow and like the work that we're doing with that. But I want to go with that. I Chris. mean, that,
3: that times two. <laughs> uh, yeah, She's like, that, retweet. That, yep. Yeah, no, every, I, I love the growth. Um, being here, basically, yeah, the majority of my life, I think, seeing. Seeing it grow, you know, with my own two eyes has been great. Um, I, I love being around all the people here. They are continuing to, like, inspire me and motivate me to keep going. I think everybody has so many great things to say about Memphis right now that mm-hmm. I, I can't even hear anything negative. It, it sounds weird at yeah. this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like, no, you're not talking about my city. Yeah, you uh, know, who I, don't,
3: I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, because the people here are just so great and people coming in from out of town, you know, and making this mm-hmm. city even better, people who left and came back with the new knowledge that they have. Um, I love all of it and putting it all together now is going to make us a powerhouse and I'm ready for yeah. it. So. You yeah, guys? we're winning right yeah. now. Yeah. Memphis, we're Memphis is Well,
0: um, something we say around the New Memphis office a lot is collaboration over competition. Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. And so I think you guys are really, your business, the things you're doing, the partnerships you're making are really the embodiment of that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, I really love that about what you're doing because you are framing it that way that if we work together, we come together, we can make a much more of an impact than if we try to do it separately.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way we could have done this by ourselves and and she knows that i'll tell anybody uh, yeah this isn't happening without you lisa so if you like (laughs) it no pressure just an eight-hour conversation is all it takes
0: (laughs) well if people the biggest question is if people want to get their hands on a city tasting box or christina i don't know when the city tasting tours might rev back up or if you even know let's talk about that like how do people get their hands
4: on these things how do they get involved with, with the work you guys are doing, yeah. They go to citytastingbox.com. See, so mm-hmm. easy, guys, and, and that's all you got to do. Um, we have a few different boxes, so definitely yeah. go to the website and check them out. We have something for everyone, so yeah, yeah, this is true. And then, do. of course, just hit us up on Instagram and Facebook, yeah, yeah. It's me and Christina, like, you call, it's me and Christina. You're talking to one of us, so that's how I feel
0: whenever I talk about the new Memphis social channels. I'm like, follow us, I slide into the DMs, I promise I will answer. That's
1: well, thank you, ladies, so much. You thank have you. You, two of your biggest fans here. I know that um, you guys have, have a full plate and are cooking up new ideas. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to lean in. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, accident. I'm like, no, I'm going to double down on it. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time. We hope that folks go to citytastingbox.com and yeah. check it out. Thanks yeah. for being thank in. Thank you. Thanks so Thanks, much, ladies. Guys. Bye. 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 Alright, guys, that
0: concludes today's episode. I told you. I told you it was going to be a good one. I don't just say that. Um, Christina and Lisa are just killing it out there. I know I said it during the episode and I'll say it again. They're just killing the game in terms of uplifting our city. And then uh, Chris with TFA, he also doing the work with our city's educators. And I just can't wait to see what he does when he has more time under his belt. Uh, But For the last minute announcements for New Memphis, I know you heard that recruitment pitch at the beginning of this episode. And guys, again, NewMemphis.org. You can get into all of our programming. Again, if you don't know what you want to do, if you're in kind of an in-between zone like me, I'm 33. And I'm like, hmm, I could go either way. I could go embark fellows. What You know, which one should I do? Well, guess what? Email us, like Anna said, at info at NewMemphis.org. And we'll help you figure it out. Uh, Last thing. Guys, we're starting to re enter the office. It's a stressful time, right? And even if you're not re entering the office, it's just a weird time recovering from the pandemic. So, Numifus is actually doing a professional development workshop based around stress resiliency, thanks to our friends over at. Baptist. And you can join us for that on the 30th of this month. Um, So just join us virtually, a former podcast guest. If you've listened to this episode with Dr. Jamie Hardy, she's going to be actually um, leading this conversation with some experts in Memphis to just kind of help us gain some simple and effective tools to help us manage the stressors in our life. Um, And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of stressors in my life at this current time. It's weird. It's weird. We're coming out. We're all like a new baby trying to figure out how to walk on its legs. We're like, you know, you have seen the *Little Mermaid*? How Ariel was? That's what—that's us trying to like re-enter the workforce at
1: this point. There's so many <laughs> amazing weird metaphors <laughs> that you just threw out to the audience. Like,
0: I'm stressed now. Reviewing. <laughs> welcome to the inner workings of my brain, audience. Like, they know I had to do the intro. I'm just imagining
1: a like a walking baby. <laughs> <That's> very <laughs> it's very weird. It's like
0: wobbly. Like, and that's why I was like, well, *Little Mermaid*. If that one does, the walking baby doesn't work. <laughs> that one works. Like, they heard me have to do this intro and outro alone last week animal and Ellis. so if the audience is not aware that my brain is just a rare form of a thing then now they are even more so so guys again check out our website follow us on social media at the new memphis to learn more about all we're doing and we'll see you next time bye memphis bye Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you in partnership with WYXR, produced by New Memphis and hosted by Anna Mullins Ellis and Christy Mullen. For more information, please visit newmemphis.org. Audio for this show is recorded and produced by the OAM Network. For more information, please visit pod901.com.